0: This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. For the first time in 39 years. Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is short. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Kirk and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. And weei.com Bruins writer Ty Anderson. The sticks are hot. The sticks are alive. They're scoring goals. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market. You need this win, you know. we got a lot of losses. To yeah, talk. we got a lot of losses. Lace right. him up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI
1: and so here we are the blizzard makeup game on a sunday night the only show in town in the national hockey league a must win for the boston bruins tie gotta win it you lose this game you know what the narrative's going to be when they lose to toronto in round one couldn't close out the final game of the season against the team that has already been eliminated the florida panthers and you set yourself up for a bad matchup must win tonight and Rask is in net let's see if he shows up for game 82 this time around why wouldn't he well, he's got a little history of missing those games just uh, going back a couple years. And maybe you've uh, forgotten that malady, he, that mishap.
2: He's the only reason he didn't lose 6 nothing on was Tuesday night or Thursday night against no, Florida.
1: He's been good, but I, we'll get to Tuka in a second because uh, you and Dale talked on the podcast this week about what can derail this team, and he's still going to be brought up. He wouldn't be my number one. Uh, example for what could happen uh, poorly in the playoffs, but the pressure on Tuca and the narrative that he's still got to prove it is still, I think, most—it's the most cliche thing people would bring up when you bring up the Bruins and where their possible uh, weakness might lie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think their whole team kind of battled out this week in a lot of ways. I think yesterday's a nothing game sends stink. We all know, but I think that you had to sort of win that game given where you have sort of trended this past week or so.
1: Well, um, in terms of if they win or they don't win, it's pretty simple now. They win in any fashion tonight. You get New Jersey, who's the second wild card. They lose yesterday, but they clinch anyway. Uh, I don't want to say they backed in because they've been a pretty good team here down the stretch, but uh, it's either that or Toronto. So uh, you lose this game tonight to Florida at home at the Garden. You're playing the Leafs. The history with the Leafs. Has been, you know, as far as the postseason goes. Recently, everybody will reflect on the 2013 round one and the big dramatic comeback. So I guess there's going to be, if let's say they do face Toronto and they lose the game tonight, there'll be a little bit of good vibes from that series. But ultimately, in terms of what could be a bad matchup, Capitals would be number one based on history, and Toronto is to me a close second. The season history this year, the speed of the Leafs up front, which could give the Boston D some problems. That's going to be another thing that's just combed over. Uh, Throughout this playoff run, is is this Bruins defense up to snuff? Uh, unproven, young at some spots, and I think Toronto's uh, right now got a lot of things going for them, including a deep team and a, and a very good head coach.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it, this they are the scarier matchup of the two. I would I would argue that it's almost a it's a coin flip for me. I really would say that because I think that the Devils are playing so good right now. Heading in, they they do have some star power. They've played you very well this year. I, they they've if you look back at those games, but they've swept. Them. Uh, well, yes, but, but you look back at the but games. But it's a coin flip. They've swept no, yeah. them, but it's a coin flip. You look back at the games; they have shelled their goaltending. But the Bruins won those games on the back on the back of some great goaltending from Tuca and Hudobin. You know, Did they, Keith they, Kincaid play in those games? I, I forget actually. The, he the played matchups. in like the second half of one when it was already sort of decided. Uh, it was the one that Corey Schneider got uh, he got injured in.
1: Ironically, so for people he, who don't know the Devils this year, they like basically their backup goaltender's won twenty games. That's a uh, very rare thing in the league. But Keith Kincaid has taken over for Corey Schneider. Yeah, based in part due to injury, right?
2: Yes, yeah. He just hasn't been hundred percent since coming back. So, you know, I yes, you look at it and you say the Leafs are the scarier matchup, but I think that you know if you're talking about a team coming in playing hot. The Devils are one of those teams they've won I think seven out of the last 10 games, seven out of the last 11 games, whatever the case may be. you know they're, they're but lost that... yesterday. Yeah, but they can, they can give you some problems. They absolutely
1: can give you some problems. I mean you, I guess you could talk yourself into anybody Taylor Hall may actually end up winning we we're talking about the MVP race last week. Is he a favorite now? He and McKinnon who got in last night for Colorado. It's a weird year in the NHL where teams that barely scraped in thanks to basically one elite talent leading the way. Probably will be the two front runners for the MVP.
2: Yeah, that and you can throw Giroux in there if you want to Giroux, as well. So who also
1: scraped in yesterday. Exactly,
2: exactly. So so yeah, the whole league is full of those guys. I think I think that Hall, you know, they can match up you can match Char up against that, but I think you have the same questions no matter the opponent. You know, you talk about that defense, that right side defense, you need that sort of situation to, to figure itself out before now in the end of the first round, or I think you're gonna be in some serious trouble. And and that is gonna be Nick Holden. It's the guy that gets the spot? I would think so. I mean, I don't know. Like They, they really haven't had a, a one player sort of emerge out of there and say, okay, that's definitely the guy. Like I see both players. I see both McQuaid and Holden having their warts. I, I think that McQuaid, he doesn't do exactly everything that Bruce Cassidy wants out of his defense. I think with Holden, he's better on his left side, but he can play the right side. I think that in a seven-game series, though, he'd run the risk of overexposure. Similar to what happened with him in New York. Uh, When he's with the Rangers, people are saying, he's not a a top-four defenseman, he's not a top-pairing defenseman. You know, if you put him in this situation here where he's he's your second-pairing guy, I think you've seen some of the hiccups here. I mean, if that's a costly
1: goal against, that pairing is going to be really, really hard to trust, uh, you know, for the rest of that series. So is that your number one? Like, what what can or will derail the Bruins, no matter what the matchup is? It's
2: that second pairing. You know, this sort of reminds me of 2014, where the team was a wagon for so long, and then... You, know, you lose Seidenberg in the middle of the year, and they bring in Mazaros and Barkowski, and you sort of rotate those guys in and out. It was just tough to sort of get any momentum going because you couldn't trust those guys on a game-to-game basis, and it really kind of threw everything out of whack. So I look at it. The loss of Carlo is huge from the PK standpoint. So if you don't, play... I wouldn't
1: have said that a month ago, but
2: he was playing so well before he got exactly, whacked. Exactly, but if you look at sort of what the loss of Carlo does now is that if you don't dress... Uh, if, if you don't dress McQuaid for these games, your PK is really Chara and, and Miller. And then when you get beyond that, you have McAvoy. He's done it before. Then you're talking Grizzlick, Krug, Holden. Uh, not the guys I necessarily want out there in a the late game sort of penalty kill, especially if the penalty is against a Kevin Miller or a Chara. Z- Chara.
1: If they play Toronto, they'll be, on paper, the better defensive unit. I think by most observers, right? I mean, you look at Toronto and beyond Riley and Gardner, who are two good offensive guys, both 50-point f- uh, guys this year. The, their bottom is kind of drek. Um, you know, they have a young guy in Dermott, I guess, and but Polak can be exposed. Zaitsev is young and experienced. So that I don't, I mean, that series will be if it's Toronto and Boston, if Boston loses tonight and they have to play the Leafs, it's going to be kind of forward line I, I, this will be on paper which you would expect. Pretty high-scoring series, right? Yes. Forward lines that are stacked on both sides, but maybe a little more balanced for Toronto, a little bit, a little more top-heavy on paper for Boston with their, their number 1 line. And kind of, it, this, I don't know if this is a true narrative, but you're going to see the size versus speed thrown out there all over the place. And, and, and I know Bruins fans hate that. We're not the, you know, the big bad Bruins anymore, that whole thing. But you look at a roster that's got Bacchus, Nash, if he plays, Gianta, Chara at 41, their, their image is sort of slow and plodding with a couple of those guys. And people think the Leafs can burn. Maybe they can. Maybe that'll be proven out in the series. They certainly gave them problems for whatever reason in the regular season.
2: Only one of these teams has Matt Martin and Dominic Moore, though. So but those guys you are can,
1: scratches, though. Yeah, but I, I just think that, like,
2: you know, if, if the series does get heavy, they can put those guys in. I, I, I think that, you know, honestly, it, the the Bruins have a great problem up front. They have a bad problem. We talked about on, on the back end with the defense and, and who plays and who doesn't. But they have a great problem up front where you got to decide between, you know, who plays. You got. Two spots with three guys, Donato, Heinen, and DeBrusque. You know, those are all three pretty young burners out there, and you've seen the way they've played these last two weeks here, trying to trying to sort of solidify their spot.
1: Is that even a discussion? I mean, DeBrusque's not going to come out of the lineup, right? No, he shouldn't. I mean, he absolutely shouldn't. I don't think he will, but, you know, if... Heinen and Donato, yes.
2: Yeah, that's sort of the one you got to figure out, you know, who who plays, who doesn't. I mean, maybe maybe Riley Nash isn't ready for game one. I assume he would be, but he hasn't started skating yet, Uh you know, Wingles, and his
1: thing is just like a swollen ear, right? That's not—it's not like a.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no. As far as I know, there's no concussion or anything like that. But he's also battling with it, uh, which is what I thought may have been the case the first time around. But as far as I know, there's there's not any sort of lingering issues with that. It's just a matter of can you comfortably skate and play? And right now, he doesn't—they don't need to do that with him because of sort of where they are. I will say this: he needs to be in that lineup game one because without him, I think that bottom six really struggles to have an identity. I like the shallower Achari uh, Wingles line. I think that, that line's been phenomenal the way they forecheck, the way they pressure.
1: Uh, but I think that you really need Riley Nash to sort of be what you want to be. In some ways, that shallower Achari line has been spun as like the key to the team. Even Cassidy was saying that uh, a couple of days ago that we haven't been the same during our three game losing streak because we've been bouncing guys around. It's the first time I've heard him kind of make an excuse or start to feel sorry for themselves in a way. I guess he's got a point as good as the Merlot line was back in the cup run? Is this line as comparable, as, as important to this team's cohesiveness so. and success? I think so in a way. you know, If only because
2: you're talking about a line that he throws out there immediately after a power play, immediately after a PK. I mean, that's where you can sort of get your momentum going, I think, in a lot of ways. So they rely on it for that, for that aspect. And I think without it, I mean, you saw it the other day where, where they juggled the lines. And your fourth line became, it was something like Donato... Colby Cave and Brian Gianta, You you can't play that line. Yep. You really can't. So, you know, I, he really prides his team on being a four line team. So when you can't play one of the lines, it sort of takes away what you are and your identity. I think for that game. So, yeah, I think it was a legit thing. I don't know if it. You know, I don't know if he's trying to make excuses for the team, but
1: it, I think there's some legitimacy to that sort of point. All right, Sunday skate presented by Star Market. Ken Laird and Ty Anderson. are broadcasting live today from our WEI Old Dominion Freight Line Centerfield Studios at Fenway Park. Sox game coming up. I think today, although their season really opens Tuesday, Bruins playoff series will open Thursday. Regular season for the Red Sox opens Tuesday, I believe. Um, questions, I guess, are two uh, right now for me for the Bruins: What can or will derail this team in the postseason? What's their Achilles heel? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. And is there a bad matchup if they lose tonight and play Toronto? Do you, as a Bruins fan, think that is a bad matchup for this team based on the regular season that we've seen thus far and uh, kind of how those two two teams go at one another in terms of the other? Well, for, we'll shelf Tuca for a second. The Rick Nash situation is still very bizarre. He spoke to the to you guys in the press corps when? Thursday? Friday, yesterday, yesterday, and said I might be back this weekend. Turns out that's not the case. I, he he sort of uh, he could listen, play tonight. Do you do you expect that? Maybe. Really? Maybe. I mean,
2: I I think he wants the five days extra to sort He's, of exactly. Stay that's rest. what
1: he said. Like I don't know, the five days are tempting for me to get a little extra time to get back to, he said conditioning. I don't know, he just didn't look right. He didn't look like a guy who was very excited to be on the planet. <laughs> At that point, me, I guess he's, you know, he's answering injury questions, which no athlete wants to do, but I didn't get a real good vibe from Rick Nash, but he's going to be back in the postseason, I would have no doubt. I don't know what effect that's going to have. It might be a bad thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're not going to play him if it's not 100%. I, I really do think that because I, they understand and – you know, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I think his agent probably has some sort of say in this in, in terms of when he plays and, and if he plays. Yeah, it's different. I mean, they, they really want him in, and I think he wants to be in. I think that if when he if and when he does come back, it will be with Krejci's line. It's going to be on the right side there. I think Cassie loves that combo. He's not going to deviate from that, so I, I think that's something. But, yeah, it is a question mark. I think, you know, it's it, it's a situation where I think that the players that have stepped up in his place have played pretty well to the point where if he comes in he's not good you wouldn't necessarily object to pulling him out it's just you know can can the player and can the agent and can Sweeney can they all agree can they all be on the same page in terms of what he's doing in this first round but yeah I mean I would like to see him get in before the postseason to be honest because I don't think that it's the best idea to have a guy jump right back into the playoffs we've seen it with Mark Savard especially when you're talking about a player that has concussion history I, I would prefer him to get in tonight even if he's playing 11-12 minutes but with tonight actually meaning something now, now do you, can you really afford to do that? You know, to another player.
1: Yeah, I wonder what Florida's thinking tonight because the, the game's meaningless for them, in a way. Boston cost them uh, the playoffs last weekend with that five-one win. What was it a week ago Saturday? Yeah, uh, that matinee game. But then Florida came back and won out, including this week, and looked awesome Thursday night. I mean, that looked like a team. If they get into the playoffs, is is going to do some damage. But in the end, they're out. Tonight's game means nothing. They're going to fly up the coast. You know, on short, you know, rest, no rest, whatever. I, I think they're going to play hard tonight. I, I, you know, I don't know that it's going to be one of those games though. If you get out to a lead, can you just take their will away, sort of thing? You get out to a three-one lead in the second, and they just pack it in. So maybe you can get ten minutes out of Nash and then rest them for the stretch. That would be sort of the ideal thing. But, but just watching him, I don't think he's going to play. And you're right, if he comes in in game one, that is a that's a big wake up call. Teams will be targeting him, whoever it is, Toronto or uh, or Jersey. They'll be going at the head. And the Krejci line is huge. You got to have that line ready to go. Yeah, I mean, especially he came out and just admitted it. He's like, yeah, I have a
2: guy with concussion. And, you know, you almost never see that in today's game, where guys are just admitting it. So pretty
1: obvious, though, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, but it's still like so. Teams are going to say, "All right, let's target this guy. Let's let's hit him every chance we get." And that's rough. I mean, if it, that whole conditioning aspect he's talking about, not taking real hits, you know, you can practice. You can you can sort of try to have ways to replicate it but it doesn't happen until you're in a real game your teammates aren't going to drill you into the boards you know on a a, you know on a forecheck drill It's just not going to happen so I think that's something that they really need to figure out between now and game one you know how ready is he what can you really do can you ask him to give you 60 minutes a night if you can't it's tough to just say hey go do that it's it's you're talking about something that is very serious in terms of recovery process and timeline and all that nonsense
1: the other thing that you brought up on the podcast, you, you're one thing that might derail this team. You said Pasternak. That surprised me that you said that. I, I think scoring going cold, yes, but you're focusing in on on Pasternak as the guy. Like the pressure's on him to score in the postseason. I think so. I think you looked
2: last last season. His first round wasn't the best. He could have been a lot better. I think in a lot of ways, a lot of well, he of...
1: took the penalty in Game Six that led to the MacArthur goal, right? I mean.
2: Yeah and then you he have, had a
1: couple goals, but I don't know that he was
2: he, did, he, he had t- even it felt like he had a lot of missed shots, a lot of opportunities where the puck was just falling off his stick. You know, this is sort of uh you could deal with it then. Now he's one of your superstars, he's one of your highly your most, you know, well paid players here, so you really need him to sort of start producing in the po- in the postseason and also I think to handle the moment, you know, to, to know that he can deliver here when it really matters. You know, at the same time that right side, especially if we're talking about a Nash that's not hundred percent that Right side scoring is a little is a little worrisome
1: to me. So so I think that's why you need him to sort of play at his best. But I would still put more on Marshand and Bergeron than, than Posternok. I know he got the big money deal, but your MVP this year was Brad Marshand. Yeah, I thought it was kind of silly the I don't know they handed out the three stars or whatever last night, um, and they gave it to Rask. He's had an awesome season, but the story of the year has been he's he's rested. He's been carefully handled. Hudobin had an awesome you know stretch for you when he was at his lowest. This is been the, the Brad Marchand season, especially if you play Toronto. He's tortured that team. It's got to be a Marchand first-round series, more so than Pasternak. Well, I just think that you, everyone's going to be keen on Marchand. When you look at that
2: line, everyone wants to slow down Bergeron to Marchand. So that allows Pasternak to be the X-factor on that line and really score some big goals and some, producing some big moments for them. So I would like to see that be the case. I think he got, it, like I was saying, I think he got it in his head a little bit last year. I really do. You know, let's see how he approaches it mentally uh, this time around and and where he goes from there.
1: Now, last year when they lost to the Sens, I was looking back at uh, some of the guys that played in that series. This was, you know, your experience last year. You had Colin Miller in the lineup. You had Drew Stafford. You had Lyles. You had Dominic Moore, who's now with the Leafs. You had Bolesky and Spooner. You had Vitrano, who could cost you something tonight. Vitrano scored Thursday against him. He's in the Florida lineup. Where was that, by the way? You had Joe Morrow playing four games last year. You had Tommy Cross called up for an emergency. So, they, I mean, they were, why did they lose last year in round one? There were some legit injury excuses, right? Not just Carlo. Krug was out. Uh, they lost Krejci for several games in the series. But they lost a bunch of one-goal games, and they, they didn't score enough. No. Especially at home, right? They lost a the one nothing game at home. Yeah. Well, you had guys you couldn't play.
2: I mean, you, look at, you look back at those games. Third period ice time for Blessy, 0 uh, third period ice time for Toronto, zero. Like, they couldn't play these Cassie guys. Cassie
1: was just like, I'm bailing on you. Exactly,
2: yeah. exactly. And then when that happens, you know, by the end of that series, you had some overtime games in there, too. I think that you're talking about winded top-line players who were not at 100% at the same time. So, yeah, that was, I mean, I look back at that series and I say, you know, that season could have been a lot different had they won that series because you you were going to get Carlo and Kroot back in round two. It's just, you, they were just so
1: short-staffed by the end of it that you, you really couldn't. And I don't think anybody killed him for it. They no. were sort of playing with house money, and even in that series, they hung around with all the injuries. But the fact is, they didn't score enough. No, they didn't. And, I mean, and if, if you're right and Possadoc comes up empty in round one or something, I guess it would be a two year theme of why can't this team score in the playoffs? So I, you're not totally wrong. I mean, that is something that could happen. Um, but in terms of last year, the, I guess the bigger game was they blew the 3 1 lead. There were a lot of blown leads in that series. But Game 2, they had a 3-1 lead. They end up losing in overtime to Phaneuf. And they lost all three games at the Garden, which was also bizarre. First time in, like,
2: I think 11 years or 12 years that it happened, too.
1: Yeah, so with home ice on, you know, at stake tonight, you wouldn't think, you would think that's significant. Last year it was not. It was not at all.
2: No, I mean and that's you know that's why it'd be great to get the number one seed. At the same time, I, I I think you should be comfortable if this team does match up against Toronto because they have been a great road team this year. I think that's been something that they're not dependent on on the venue for the games. They've been a pretty good team, I think, everywhere. So, you know, you you kind of hope that you can get the number one seed because that allows you. We've talked about this, the home ice advantage. When you have Chara and you have Bergeron on the same team. Maximizing that advantage is fantastic.
1: It is still pretty amazing. You're sitting here as a Bruins fan and you're saying, we have a chance to be the number one team in the East. That is, that we're rewind before the season began. It's almost unthinkable. I wouldn't say there's like, the Bruins are great or there are any great teams. It's not like the most unbelievable thing in sports history because the field in the East is all sort of watered down a little bit. There's a sort of parity, but still. Unbelievable! that You're sitting here with a chance to be the number one team in the East right yeah, now. Yeah, th- this shouldn't have happened.
2: The, the, like, you look back in November. I don't know how too, it
1: happened. They were six, seven, and
2: four min- middle of November. They were on a three game losing streak. The team looked like okay. Now you're in some serious trouble. You had Jordan is playing top six. You had you had all these injuries across the board. No one looked right. I mean, you really started to wonder. Okay, is this team ever going to find their footing here? And sure enough, they do. I mean, two they, they, Rask was the biggest thing, I, I think. When, when he was playing as poorly as, as he was, I was like, this team might be in trouble now because that was sort of – I was like, I, can Hudobin do this for 60 games? I had my doubts there, and sure enough, I mean, it all sort of worked itself out. But that, that this team looked like they were in serious trouble, especially when you look at the, the Atlantic Division, where it was at the time. You know, Toronto and, and Tampa came out of the gate flying. Uh, no, so they, they've they've earned this opportunity. That's why it, if they fall short, I, I'm going to have a hard time crushing them. But they got to know the they got to know the the sort of what's at stake here tonight. They need to sort of step up here.
1: I think I think if you let this opportunity slip, that's when you can say, okay, we have some serious concerns now. All right, Sunday skate presented by Star Market. To the phone lines we go at 779 nine seven ninety three seven. Laird and Anderson here. The third member of our broadcast team is Fred in New Hampshire. He joins us now. If I can take the calls here, Con, you might have to Con, you might have to You met the punches up. I'm Party new to guy. the. Oh, there he is. There he is. What's up, Freddie?
3: Hey, uh, happy Greek Easter. I love me some goat the, uh, for the real-life stuff right now. Bruins fans, if you have some extra shillings, go to that GoFundMe page for that tragic accident.
1: Oh, man, unbelievable. And the response has been crazy.
3: Um, you know, now for the fun and games. One of the Bruins played the Canadians in the playoffs this year. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs>
1: Don't stomp on Claude uh, when he's down. Come on. Give the guy time.
3: It's not Claude's fault. <laughs> Anyways, call me crazy, but when the Riley Nash went down, so did the bees in the, this past week. I mean, all the guy needed to do was kept a couple of stirrups on his in his ear. I mean, he got two ears.
0: <laughs> I don't understand why he didn't get back up.
3: Back in the that, that good old days. Um, who has the most points in the least amount of games in for the season? Marsha,
0: he's yeah, He scored more phenomenal. points
3: than any other player in the league this year with the least amount of games. So you're right, Marshant's gonna step up for this playoffs. Eleven goals in two thousand eleven. Let's let's go a little higher than that. It'd be very nice to see. Um I'm can't wait for the season to start Thursday. Uh you wait all year for this. And I'm looking forward to this being a deep, deep run. What we've seen this year, it's it's honest, it's true. We we've got the best team in the NHL, and I'm just looking forward to having some fun.
1: See, that's the thanks, Freddie. That's the expectation now by some Bruins fans. Even you had a story up that they're your Cup favorite, Cup pick, or Cup pick in the East. I
2: I I said, talk me out of the team winning the Cup because I think the way they've played is just it's just they they. This is I'm sure if they go in a slump after that, but I'm saying that was they've been great at avoiding slumps. They've been great at avoiding these long dry spells that all these teams have gone through, and I think their their model of consistency here is, is sort of what should allow them to to be a, a deep threat. I mean, it has to be they have to be healthy. Uh, the Carlo injury, I, like I like I said, that's the one thing that sort of scares me. I think moving forward is is do you have enough bodies in terms of situational hockey uh, to survive some big moments, uh, but. You know, this team, no injury to real this team yet. So, so we'll see if they can battle this one, too. I
1: mean, but that, that is not a consensus by any means. I mean, most people would say Nashville is the favorite. If I don't know how sizable the favorite is, like what would Bruins would be fifth favorite to win the cup? They'd be behind Pittsburgh. They'd be behind, I guess, I don't know about Winnipeg. Maybe. No, not. they shouldn't be. Um, Vegas, probably nobody believes in Vegas. I think Vegas is going to be out in the first round, if I'm being honest. Um, who in the East though? The Capitals would be a, a higher. Most people would say th- this would be Ovechkin's year over over Boston. So you, you're they are not the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, but but it's weird that here it's becoming that. Like like Freddie said, people are expecting a deep deep run, and if they don't get it, they're going to be let down. It's it's entirely possible you're out to Toronto in round one. I think third round is should be your reasonable expectations. I think if
2: if the, if they make it to the third round, they will be this season will be a success. It, if you're on in the first round, it's disappointment. It's, it's a bummer. I think second round, you'll take it, but I think third round, I I think if you're saying you you want the team to be an Eastern Conference Finals team, I think you're being realistic. I really do, because I I think that they've handled the matchups well, the teams around them, they've played them well. I think it's definitely doable for them.
1: Maria in Watertown up next here on Sunday Skate. What's up, Maria? Good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent.
4: Um, Ty, I read your um, announcement yesterday, and I want to wish you um, the best of luck in uh, whatever your future endeavors are. We're going to Miss your, I know I'm going to miss your columns, and I'm going to miss uh, your insight on the station, but um, good, good luck to uh, whatever you choose to do in the future. And um, with regard to the Bruins, the one thing, a um, couple of things that I have concerns about going into the playoffs, which I think this team has a track record of this season, is continuously falling behind in games, which I think that, that needs to change immediately because you could potentially lose a playoff game by a one to nothing. Um, score in the end. So that needs to get fixed. And the back end of our house has been a little sloppy um, in the last handful of games. And I'm wondering how much um, Brandon Carlo's loss is going to challenge the defensive depth that we thought we had going into the playoffs and how you think those that will be handled in terms of uh, defensive pairings because I'm not, um, I'm not comfortable watching what I've been watching um, defensively of late. Just want to get your thoughts on that, and uh, looking forward to a good, long playoff run, I hope. Have a good weekend.
1: Thanks, Maria. Thank you, Maria. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what would you say about that? Falling behind, it's been a little bit of a uh, – it's been an odd week. I don't blame – they lost three in a row, which seems bad, but you lost to a very desperate Florida team. Tampa obviously had something major to prove. Sunday was the game in Philly. They're also desperate. It's a back-to-back game. I mean, that's excuse making, I guess. Um, you could have cost yourself first seed, but it was a difficult week for them playing three teams. The Florida played awesome. That's maybe the best game they played all year. Thursday, um, but she's right. They have it's been a, it's been a week where they've been exposed a little bit.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I think you know if you want the silver lining, it's that. I guess they look worse every game, and it was their 19, 19 games in 36 days. They're 12, they had 12 in a row against playoff teams. It's going to take a toll on you, I think, eventually. And, and you saw sort of the, the the spirit was there. The bodies were fading, I think. You, you, when you're talking about, you're finally seeing the problems that you can have with, with when you have Grizzlik and you have Krug out there as your left side guys. You, you're finally seeing sort of their shortcomings, I guess, in a way, defensively. Uh, and then you had some uncharacteristic sort of plays. You had Chara losing puck battles. You had... Uh, you know McQuay just losing a guy completely. It, it just wasn't a, a great look for them, especially towards the end of that in that Florida series. Yep. But like we talked about, you know Florida. I mean they came out like their heads were on fire. That was their best game. That was their best game all season. They didn't have a single game that I've watched them play where I said they look like that team. That was a totally different team that night, and it was their last gasp in a lot of ways. So you know you, you expect that. I think it was going to take a toll on the Bruins. I think that you know they allowed a, it was something like thirty five scoring chances against uh, in that series. So not not a, uh, or that game rather not a great not a great game for them you know yesterday I, I can't really judge it too much because the senators are so bad that team is awful i don't know how anyone has watched them for 82 games it sounds like complete misery in my opinion so you know this is a this is a good test tonight let's see how they handle this you know florida they i don't think they're going to roll over and die it doesn't sound like what something they would do especially you know like you mentioned last you know last week you really killed them you really killed their season a lot of ways so We'll see what happens today. And even if they throw like their B squad out there, like they still got Luongo and Reimer. I mean, that's those are still NHL goaltenders. No, di-
1: no, Danny Taylor is walking through that door. No, they're a good team. By the way, here's the official Vegas odds right now for uh, Cup favorites. You want to take a guess? Number one, Nashville. Number one, Nashville. Number two, I'll say. I'll, I'll say they're going Pittsburgh still. Nope, third for Pittsburgh. Okay, thirteen no, to two odds. So right Lightning now. number two, Tampa number two, six okay. to one odds, yeah. and then Vegas fourth favorite to win the Cup. Vegas, typical, typical Vegas. And Bruins are fifth, so I mean,
2: I think no, I thought I think they would be lower. Fair. Actually, I think that's fair. I mean, I think you're overrating the Capitals, and I think you're you're discrediting how, like how many games the Penguins have played over the last two years. Like that's a lot. Oh of no, hockey. they're
1: not my pick. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, no. People I will d- expect Crosby and Malkin just to show up in the playoffs and win.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I think that team, especially the Philly matchup, I could see them being out in the first round. I really
1: could. That is, that's actually huge for Boston. If if Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's a good matchup for the Bruins, you would love to see them in the conference finals, right? Wouldn't the yes. ideal matchup be Jersey round one? Whoever comes out of round two, probably Tampa, would beat Toronto. But those teams play a long seven-game series. You take out the Lightning in round two, I think that would happen. And you play Pittsburgh in round three. That is the dream. Yeah. The nightmare is Toronto in round one. The Capitals are waiting in the conference finals, even if you get past Toronto. I don't know about round two, I guess. You know, Tampa's going to be tough uh, no matter uh, when you play them, if, if that ends up being the thing. But uh, they've, they've played the le- I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they can't win... That, but I wouldn't pick them. I wouldn't pick them to get past both Toronto and Washington.
2: Well, that, I mean, that's that's sort of thing. Like if you if you bring it back to to, okay, you know what is the path of least resistance? It is through Jersey and then the winner of, of Toronto and Tampa. Because yep. Toronto and Tampa, they'll beat the crap out of each other for seven games. it will be an awesome. Series. Be a great series. But whoever exits is going to be a very tired, sort of wounded team. And Vasilevsky's tired already. I mean, their have exactly. been and, Lu- the and Louis and Louis Dominguez, their backup. I mean, he is. Absolutely awful. Like you've seen that. You've seen that. Whether it's with the Coyotes or the Lightning, he is just complete hot garbage. Uh, so, so that that has a weakness for them there. I mean, it, the, the, the Bruins have a have a if they can win tonight their road. I don't want to say the Devils are easy. I, I I like I said I think it's a push. I really do like that first round. But it is better than going the alt the alter the alternative, which is Maple Leafs Lightning, and then you're talking third round. You know, whoever that
1: case may be. I mean, you'll handle it. But you know, I think that's a tougher road for sure. All right, Sunday's Gate presented by Star Market. Ken Laird and Ty Anderson. We are at Fenway Park at our Centerfield Studios. Coming up at the 9 o'clock bell, it'll be Bradford, Volani, and Drellick. They'll be talking some baseball. We got hockey for the next half hour. Get in at 617 779 What can or will derail this Bruins team is tonight a must-win. Coming up next time, we'll talk about Tuca, who is going to be definitely under the spotlight in the playoffs no matter what happens tonight. And we'll talk about the Devils a little bit. If that's indeed the matchup, Will they give the Bruins some trouble? That's coming up here on Sunday Skate. You're listening to Sunday Skate
0: with Ken Laird from the Kirk and Callahan Show and WEI.com Bruins writer Ty Anderson. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market on Sports Radio Weei.
1: Is this what you want, uh, to have uh, Game 82 You know, be able to have your fate in your hands and, and take care of business?
4: Uh? Yeah, I mean, that's that's why you play the game you know you want to play to to win and and uh to be at your best and you know we're in a position where we can uh you know win uh, the conference and you know it's a big feat and obviously uh you know home ice we always talk about that, how big it is and uh why not you know we're right there and and uh, you know obviously uh I talked about uh <clears throat> how you finish heading to the playoffs. And, uh, um, you know, it's definitely uh, all about uh, tomorrow playing the right way and, and feeling good about uh, well, our game, I guess. Patrice
1: Bergeron talking about tonight's matchup. Florida, it's on the line. Final game of the regular season tonight for the Bruins. Win and you get New Jersey, the eighth seed, the second wild card. Lose and you get Toronto in round one, a rematch of the 2013 first round. I was looking back at some of their history with Jersey in the postseason. Uh, it's not a ton. 88 Conference Finals, the Jim Schoenfeld series with the uh, Koharski blow-up oh God, yeah. in Game 3. Had a uh, donut. They right? won that one in route to uh, losing to the Cup Finals to uh, getting swept by Edmonton that year. A couple times in the 90s with Brodeur and those teams. That was an 0-2, 0-3 as well. And 3 first round, yeah. Final year of the Garden uh, in the 90s. They played uh, the last game there. Uh, I guess the official last game there was yeah. a loss to the Devils. And the 94 Conference Semis... They lost to the uh, you know that's the neutral zone trap era. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cam Neely had like a 50 goal season. I don't think he was healthy for that for that postseason run. So it's been anyway. It's been not not anywhere near the the history you've had with Toronto. But if you play Jersey, this is a uh, you can't ask for much more. You said coin flip, which was a pretty dumb thing for you to say to start the show of who you'd rather play, Toronto or Jersey. It is an obvious you'd rather play Jersey. Not even close. Not even
2: close. Yeah, I mean. I guess so, but I am telling you, those games have been closer than you think. It's not gonna be a five game beatdown like everyone thinks it's gonna be. If it were the Florida Panthers and you were able to somehow luck into that, or the, the Flyers with their crappy goaltending, you know, I, I could see that that helping you, but this is gonna be this is gonna be a challenge, man. It's gonna be a challenge. It's be six Keith games. Kincaid is gonna sh- stone you for a No, no, but series. it's not gonna it's not Union gonna... College Keith Kincaid. I think that the, the Leafs and Devils, I think that head-to-head or, you know, who would you rather have? I think it's a lot closer than you're giving credit for. The Leafs have been just okay since March. Their PK has been terrible since March. You could take advantage of that. You really could. Jimmy Hayes is playing for this team, you
1: understand. that's he <laughs> Not for actually, long. He's actually in games. the lineup. Him, by game four, he's, he's on the shelf. They do have, obviously, Taylor Hall, who might win the heart. But um, I would think Chara and McAvoy get... Of you know full time duty and and that is Chara's that's his bread and butter shutting down a guy that is so dependent on that line uh, which has a young guy Hishir he who was uh, yeah. the first pick in the 2017 draft playing well as well
2: no I just know that but you mentioned you sort of mentioned the the uh, you, you mentioned the Leafs as being a fast team the Devils are an incredibly fast they do team. have speed no that doubt. team that team you know they fly through the middle I, mean, I know they have Stafford and they like you said Jimmy Hayes but some bigger slower heavier Brian guys Brian Boyle but even some of the, like, Miles Wood, that dude is fast. For a big dude, he, he is a fast guy. So, so that's a player, too. I think, I
1: but just they've think been it's... out of the playoffs for five years. You know how that goes in the NHL. It is a real thing. You have no playoff experience. You get in there, it's, it is a wake-up call.
2: You have to lose before you win kind of thing.
1: I, I think, though, know, I mean, that's I mean, I not every year. I'm sure there's been a team that's done. But this was a last place team in the East last year. They were dead last, Jersey. They have, you're right, some speed, some young talent. This is a monster year for Taylor Hall. But they are, that is a five-game series. You win tonight, that is Jersey out in five.
2: All right. I mean you hey you can say that. I'm not going with I'm not going with that though. I think I think it's just as close as, as the Leafs. I really do. Like you're out of your mind. That's yeah. yeah,
1: a seven game series with the Leafs, and you'd be f I would say fortunate to get out of that, but they they will give you problems, especially at Air Canada Center. That place is gonna be buzzing. Um, Parental Center might be a lot of Bruins fans, so maybe that maybe and a much that, better a real thing. Would Frederick Anderson be a candidate to win the Vesna this year? Uh, Outside not my chance, world. not in my world.
2: I, I think it's Rene. I would put Hellebuck in there, and I would say, and blank and you know, put me on the spot here. So I, I haven't probably Vaselesky going to get votes. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, probably. Uh, I don't know how deserving necessarily he is with that late season sort of meltdown that he's had, but but yeah, I, I think that you're you're, you're talking about. Roderick Anderson, I mean, he's a pretty good goaltender. I don't put him in the top five or maybe in the top ten, but he, he's, he's had a somewhere great around year. there. And yeah. he's
1: going to have to, for Toronto, he's going to have to be have an awesome playoff because their blue line will get exposed at times. He's gonna, he'll have to come up big for them.
2: Yeah, the Bruins have found holes in, in his game lately. I, I think the first eight games or so, he was just destroying the Bruins. Uh, they have since found ways to score on him. So a little bit of confidence in that matchup, but two I would say. Uh, there's just, listen, there's just the unknown of, of a Carolina, I mean, a Carolina team, a New Jersey team. Reminds me a little bit of Carolina in 2009. There's really no stars, but but they can they can play you well, uh, and you never know. And there's also the whole backup goalie thing, which I think uh, is a real thing for this team. You look at the history of this the franchise,
1: a lot of times back goalies have come in and just stonewalled you. So So who knows how that would play out. All right, back to the phone lines. We go here on Sunday Skate, uh, coming to you live from our center field studios at Fenway Park, presented by Old Dominion Freight Line. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market. Jay is in Boston, talking Bruins in their Cup run coming up. What's up, Jay?
0: Hey, gentlemen. First time listening to your show. Great show. You guys nice do a question. great job. You do a Thanks. great job. I like listening to you. Uh, where are you guys going to be exactly at the parade? So I want to spot you. Ooh. <laughs> All right, government Center. Uh, That's great. Uh, Yeah, this is an exciting team. I just hope that uh, you know the top two defensemen can really get back in gear. Uh, I hope Anton uh, Chernobit gets in a little bit too. I hope we get to see him in the playoffs. Uh, I I give a lot of credit credit to uh, um, Cassidy. I think he's done a great job. Uh, This is a a, a, an exciting team. I um, I would say that Washington scares me. You know, all these teams, in a, in a way, could upset Shinsuke. I mean, they're all playoff teams, and they, they have their moments. But um let me ask you about uh, this Harvard kid, you know, uh, Ryan Donato. Where are they going to play him exactly? Will, uh, will Rick, uh, uh, will, 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 the the guy who was out with the concussion there, uh, oh, Rick Tricky. Nash, will, yeah. uh, will he be back? Nash, will he be back? Or He doesn't have a ring, does he? Do you guys know if he has a ring or
2: not? No. <laughs> he's still trying he, to get he, one. Very vividly does
0: not have a ring, yeah. yeah.
1: That's
2: been the big criticism no, of just the game. You. Yeah. I mean, with Donato, you, you saw yesterday, he played some center. Towards the end of the game, he, they were they were trying him down the middle there. So so maybe maybe you throw him there. I mean, I I, I would have a hard time doing that, personally. But it's one of these situations where uh, they really need to, you know, Donato, I asked him about it yesterday. I said, are, are you still trying to solidify your spot? And, and he's, you know, he sort of said it himself, he goes, I'm, the, I'm the, la- the guy I arrived last. You know, so if I don't have a spot, that's, that's the way this is. You know, I'm just going to try to learn what I can and soak up all the information, soak up all the experience. But I think if you watch him play and you see the role they put him in, they, they have an idea that he, that he's going to play. I think that's a real thing. You don't put this guy in your power play units.
1: I would think so. Now, typically, your yeah. third line you would put them in positions to be defensive players. So if he's playing on a third line with Bacchus and Riley Nash, maybe maybe it's not as good of a fit as uh, the, you know Gianta would be. I don't know. I, 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 could, I, no, I hope
2: not. No, but no, 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 no,
1: no. I Gionta could see a coach making that. Can't you see a coach making that? Uh, Excuse, like, hey, we're going to defer to Brian Gianta, He's a veteran. He's been there before. He's I mean, defensively guess, responsible. Yada, blah, blah, blah. The I, whole thing, and I, nobody I, will want to hear it. But that could be,
2: no, no. He needs. I, I think Gianta needs to be sort of just the locker room morale guy. I, I really do. I think you, you've seen that these last these last two weeks, three weeks. I mean, he's given you almost nothing. He can't play in the postseason. If you're barring you losing another another two or three guys, I don't want to see him in the playoffs. I would rather. I would almost rather you go to Providence and call up somebody, but besides playing Brian Johnson in big minutes
1: in the postseason. Well, there's no way Kudobin is seeing the ice, right? I mean, that was no, a chase unless, out of point. unless there's unless there's a big blowout, you know, if you're losing... Even with, if they get blown out. I mean, yeah. like late in the game, okay, but they, they wouldn't come back the next game and start Kudobin. No, would be no, stunning. no, no, it's
2: not gonna... I mean, this is... No, this is Rask's postseason. This is where you're gonna find out what this goalie is. This is when you... Sh- I mean, y- you've heard a lot of crap, I think, from both people. You know, people who are anti-Rask, people like me who are called
1: Rask honks. You've, you've seen... Which you are. How so? How so? Every week you defend him. Well, you, he, you had this whole straw man thing Tuesday about people that were ripping Rask. Nobody's been ripping Rask. He's had an excellent season. The only, th- people were ripping Rask, man. They Come were on.
2: absolutely after Tuesday's game. Another no, game. No, they were Another game where Tuga didn't show up where it mattered. No, they got that, shut out. Exactly. But you're
1: seeing it. People are saying it. Like you, produce me the tweets. I want to see somebody who actually ripped Rask after Tuesday. Night. All right, I that was that. a total straw man column. That. I don't blame you. It was it was good. It was well written, but. Yeah. No, it's a real thing, though. People... It, it will happen in the playoffs, though. Yes, yes. If and, he has a bad game, people will rip it.
2: And listen, I think that you know, I, I, this is something that I think we should all do for the benefit of our, of our own sanity here. Let's leave him getting sick in 2016. Let's leave that behind. Okay. Let's leave 2013 when he posted a 940, basically, for four rounds. Let's leave that behind. Let's make this the postseason on which we judge Tuka Rask. Let's do it because he That's has no impossible. excuses. That is impossible. He has Let's no excuses this on. year. I mean, he's rested. He's healthy. The team in front of him, largely healthy. I mean, they're not playing Tommy Cross in postseason games, as far as I can tell. This is the postseason where you can finally say, okay, if Tuga doesn't if Tuga doesn't deliver here, this is where it's concerning. I don't. I'm throwing these games on Tuesday and Thursday out the window here. The the Leafs the. The Lightning game and the in the Panthers game. I want to see what he does in the postseason.
1: Even tonight, if he plays poorly tonight, I'm throwing that out the window. I want to see the postseason play. It's so big for him. It, it could sway his whole career reputation. Like if he has another bad playoff, people will look back at that eight year contract and say it was a t- it was a disaster. He never got the job done. If he vindicates his believers like you, <clears throat> you'll say he just didn't have a team around him. Like you know the people will, exactly what you said. Throw out the one loss to the Canadians. He was pretty good, and look at the numbers. And he delivered finally when they had a good team around him. Juukuris has been just fine. Yeah, there it is.
2: Yeah, it's every week. That's well. That's it's. Play that next Saturday. It's often true, though. That's the thing. (laughs) I don't think that he's like. You look at sort of since like November. I think he was like thirty. He's like thirty-one, four and four, or something like that. Like that's that's a great record for a goaltender. I mean, he's had some hiccups here and there, yeah, but he's he largely he's gotten the job done. I don't think I don't think I've had too many days here where I've said okay he was there he gave a bad goal that really
1: changed that game. Sunday skate presented by Star Market, Kendler and Ty Anderson. We will be right back. Put some finishing touches on this one. Get you ready for Bradford, Volani and uh, Evan Drellick coming up at nine o'clock.
0: Hyden intercepts Heinen. a 5 2
1: win against Ottawa. And for the moment at least, still alive in the hunt for the top spot in the Atlantic Division. Exactly... Empty netter last night on Nesson, as uh, Jack Edwards calls it, Cartons. Tonight's the final night, though. I got to say, uh, Titan, what you're expecting from tonight's game for the Bruins, but the Tommy Wingles goal in period two was like uh, the first time this year I was like, wow, Tommy Wingles can actually play. I forgot he was even on the Ottawa team last year. That took him out in round one. I only think he played a game or two in the series. But uh, that was a pretty impressive forecheck and and snipe there to put him ahead for the 2-1 lead. He has been a sneaky good addition for this team. Uh, I I think that he is
2: what you need on that fourth line. If you lose one of the players there, you can play all three positions. Obviously, Corrales is out right now, so he's helping you out there in terms of what he's been able to do. Uh, So, yeah, that's been a good addition for them. I'm curious if he gets a a postseason look, if everyone's healthy. But I, I would say that he's been great because he's fit in, and that he hasn't taken anything away from that line and their identity.
1: I checked all your Twitter mentions going back to Monday. There was not one Tuukka Rask uh, anti Tuukka oh, tweet so wrong in there right now. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, But I'm, one of your followers tweeted at me that I'm off. Ty is right. People and are and were ripping Rask after Tuesday's game and since on social media and in discussions. Default is to rip Rask, according yes. to Stacy. I, I don't. I haven't seen it, but it's absolutely true. I mean, I've seen it over the last four years. Don't get me wrong, but. Now, after what he's done in the last couple months, you've re- that's unbelievable if that's yes, actually happening. It, it,
2: it really is. I mean, people again, the whole thing it becomes derailed into these discussions about oh, it's too good enough, it's too good enough. I mean, not every goal is this guy's fault. And just like I'm saying that, you know, at the same time, he's he is prone to some bad goals, he does give up some like that, that point goal, that Braden point goal on Tuesday, probably should have had that goal, but. Ultimately, it didn't make a difference because they didn't score. They didn't score a goal. They couldn't get to the high danger areas of the ice. So great, you lose. Two, you lose three nothing instead of four nothing. Does it really make
1: a difference if the offense doesn't, offense doesn't show up? It I, does not. Now, I didn't expect him to play tonight. I thought they would have just. Uh, first of all, I thought if he was going to play one of two, it would have been last night. It was a little odd that Hudobin played the Saturday game. Didn't you think? Well, they they've been setting themselves up for this.
2: They were hoping that if the bounces went their way, they could. Put Rask out there Sunday night, if not, it, but they it, needed last night to put them in position to win. Yeah, and you can trust you open for that. It's the Ottawa Senators, that team is I guess, terrible. I that, guess that is not even an AHL team. That's an okay. ECHL. So team. they set them up for the, the better opponent they wanted Rask for tonight. Yes, yes. And then I think it was uh, it, it was a whole thing of okay, well if Tampa Bay wins and you can't do it, so who cares? Bring a McIntyre. Do you bring think he wants to play? Do you, I mean? I a, think so. Or does I, he want a full week? No, I think I think he'd want to play, given what happened on, on Thursday. I think it's tough to go a full week without games. I, I really do. So I think that a Sunday game here would actually mean something. It's a good final tune-up for him in a lot of ways. I, I, I don't think that he would have... I think he would have been okay with it, but I don't know if he would have been all, feeling all that great about leaving Thursday against that loss to
1: the Panthers as his final game of the regular season. Well, I just think I think it's a huge game, bordering on must-win tonight. You you put everybody out there and you lose this game. That is a weird vibe to be backpedaling in to lose a division title and to play Toronto in round one. I mean, I know you're a coin flip guy in terms of who the – but you could lose ugly tonight and really set yourself up for a poor start to the postseason.
2: Yeah, at the same time, I mean, maybe a loss tonight really sort of gets them – waking up and saying okay what are we doing wrong here you know i think that i think that they've had some lapses in their game especially in defensive zone uh the bergeron line has been a little cold recently uh you you want to see that line get right uh you want to see the defense again you want to see a solution come here Uh, at a certain point you need to figure out what your second pairing is for game one i think if you're doing uh, one in one out all series i think that spells trouble i really do uh so those are things i want to see i want to see Zanotto and Heinen. Who
1: who goes where to begin the night? Because I think that could be a tell as to where they're going to be in the postseason as well. Uh, yeah, I think they'll win tonight, four to one. Would be my pick. I think it's a Devils series in round one. I think next week you and I are sitting here talking about a two two zero series lead, a couple Garden wins. What's your outlook of the week?
2: I, I mean, I I think it's going to be. I, I think they win tonight, and I think we're talking on on Sunday about a one and one. Ooh, I, I do. I think I think that Devils will they'll they'll get a cheap win. They'll they'll sneak a an overtime victory or something on a. On a bad goal. Keep in mind, this Devils team. If you've seen these head-to-heads this year, the Devils—they embellish. They throw their heads back. They
1: draw penalties. They're, if they get to the power play, the Bruins could be in trouble. Speaking of throwing his head back, Rob Bradford just pranced—literally pranced—into the studio. He dance. is ready. He is fired up. This was more of a than a prance. He and Drelich though are seeding power to Velani. Velani's taking over. Must have been a terrible show last week because they put Velani on. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but Velani's been added to the mix. Probably a good move. So from nine to twelve twenty, up until pregame, you got those guys coming up next. And uh, you can give Rob a hug on the way out. It's fine. Of course.
2: i got to go through this window, too, apparently.
1: No, there'll be none of that. You'll be credentialed up, and you'll go through uh, through the Fenway booths. Good to see it. We'll uh, talk next Sunday. Sounds good. Ty Anderson, Ken Laird. This is Sunday Skate presented by Star Market and uh, the threesome coming up next.